Welcome to Coffee and Convos. In this week's episode, we discuss the launch of our nonprofit, Catharos Network. So grab your cup of coffee and join us around the table for the one where we launch. What is up? Welcome to Coffee and Combos. I'm your host, Becca. And tonight I'm joined, as always, with my amazing husband, Josh. Josh, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Uh, it has been a really awesome week. Very busy. We had our... Shock. Are you guys shocked? <laughs> <laughs> Every week the podcast starts off the same. Super busy. Um, no, I think this week was like kind of extra busy because we had our work conference culture con which was amazing props to you for mm. uh you and your team for just creating an amazing world-class conference uh it was, it was awesome words truly can't describe it so uh, i'm not gonna go into full detail but it was it was just a really good time um and then just like family wise it's, it's been a busy week a lot of stuff going on and um this past weekend we had the launch of our nonprofit mm-hmm. um Catharos, which we're going to talk a little bit more in depth tonight about just what it felt like to officially launch something that we've created and uh, so excited for, for that talk. But uh, what about you? How's your week going? Yeah, it has been a wild week. That's for sure. Um, but it's been a really, really solid week. So much has happened um, and it's just felt like super productive. At this point, I'm exhausted yep. <laughs> and it's so excited for the weekend uh, to just get to relax and spend some sweet time with my family. But um, but yeah, really, really incredible week. We did our company conference uh, and me and my team who have been just, it's been blood, sweat and tears putting this conference to on and um, so to see it just come to pass and be so good. And every year it just gets better. Uh, it was just, it's just a, a really incredible honor and blessing to, um, to just work where we do and be able to host a conference that, uh, a lot of the people attending may never have the opportunity to attend a conference like that. So it's really cool, uh, to have an industry event where, um, you know, a housekeeper and maintenance are invited because if you think of a brand conference, you're thinking hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for one person to attend. Well, that makes that attendee list <laughs> very limited. Yeah. So to open this up and it be a free event for them and, and the money gets raised through sponsors. And so it doesn't even come from their hotel budget or anything like that is, is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's a true honor to be able to do that for our people and positively impact them that way. So yeah, it's been a really great week. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, um, it was a, just a really, really awesome conference and a lot, a lot of cool stuff. So uh, if you are new to the channel, welcome. We get to do this every Friday together and uh, we have random, really meaningful, um, life-giving conversations. And so make sure you hit that subscribe button, follow us on Spotify. Uh, if you are listening on iTunes or Google Play, make sure you leave us a rating and review that helps our show uh, grow and, and reach more people. And thank you for all the faithful listeners. You guys are amazing. 
uh, please click the link in the show notes. If you have time, uh, it'll take you over to our Patreon page, which is a great way to support this uh, podcast financially and just continue to advance um, the voice of this podcast. And uh, we couldn't do it without uh, our faithful listeners and Mm -hmm. the people who just have been there since day one. You guys are awesome. We love you. And uh, also, if you love free coffee, in the show notes, there is a link that will get you two free bags of coffee. So go check that out via trade. Um, Really great resource there. But tonight, we wanted to talk um, about the launch of our nonprofit, Um, not because we wanted to brag or anything like that, but we, we wanted to give like just this feel um we've talked about catharos in the past and what this nonprofit um slash ministry will entail and and do and all that kind of stuff so we're not really going to get into like the details of catharos so much but we wanted to give you guys as the listeners just a behind the scenes look at what does it feel like to launch a nonprofit what were some of the emotions going through our head you know, what, what are some takeaways that both of us had um, from the night? I can tell you, leading up to it, I, you know, we had prepped pretty good. I mean, we had spent weeks designing a website um, that mm-hmm. we handcrafted and built, which neither one of us have ever built a website. So that was... <laughs> Not like that, no. <laughs> um, that was really... It was, honestly, I enjoyed it. Um I love that creative side, which I just never thought I would really enjoy that. And Becca is so great when it comes to creativity. Um, we had brainstormed, you know, photos, the kind of the feel and look of our Instagram for mm-hmm. this ministry. We had built an entire manifesto from the ground up, um, you know, thought through the ideas, the inner workings. We got our nonprofit incorporation. We're still working on the 501c3. Um, state of Florida is like rigorous when it comes to that. So there's still some paperwork we have to come up with to be able to uh, file for that. And then preparing for the interest night, which for us, the interest night was kind of like our first official gathering for Catharos. And then building the online channel on YouTube. So there's like all these inner workings that went into making this nonprofit launch. And then clearly like, this is just like when you know, God is like faithful and he's in something we had like zero dollars. I think we invested like ourselves clearly into getting the nonprofit license, the website and like a the few lights other, and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah, like the video lights. We upgraded our camera, so there are some things like we invested into, and I think, I just think God blesses that. Like I think yeah. He sees like your generosity and heart towards stuff. So we had like just a couple people like randomly give a pretty large amount of money to us yeah. to be able to purchase things like which I never. This is another thing like you don't realize the cost of printing. Oh my god! Yeah. Holy crap! Printing is expensive. Like <laughs> I worked in ministry, and like you know, the church I worked at, we had a printer, and um, my boss was like always very particular about like making sure the staff didn't print in color a lot because color was expensive. expensive. Well, 
I never got to see like the report. So, you know, I'm like, ah, it can't be that expensive. And then like we went to go print our manifesto, only 25 copies. Which was not a lot of color at all. No. There's like three photos on it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like almost a, like very expensive. Let's just say it was in the hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it was like that sticker price. I was like, whoa, like... <laughs> This is crazy for paper. It wasn't that much money. Or it wasn't that many stuff. So yeah. there's just like certain things that like, I guess you don't, you don't think about until like you are the official. I mean, cause me and Becca are, we're the founders, we're the directors, CEO. I mean, like, yeah, we're, at all. We're, we're all the hats right now. There's no one um, just, uh, that we can ask for the money. Yeah. The budget yeah. For. yeah. We're, we're, you know, building this thing in the interest night, um, was a way to, for us to kind of share the vision, the heart, and just begin the process of team building and, and things like that. The other thing that makes this nonprofit even more tricky, if it wasn't already tricky enough, um, for two people who have never launched anything, um, <laughs> at least not on our own, is the fact that we were launching something that our city has never seen, Yeah, that the majority, at least the Christians we know and walk with, the people who love God, They've never seen anything like this. We ourselves, um, though we've been exposed to it and like have have seen it with our eyes and have read about it, haven't officially like walked fully in it. So it was like there's this moment of like this in between with God of like knowing the future. This is like what God wants to do, but being in the present of like, all right, we haven't reached there yet, so we're yeah. still building. You know, I think of like the building process of a house and you never just start with the walls, right? That would be weird. Like, can you just imagine like you're getting a house built and you show up and your contractor just built the walls, but there's no foundation. Yeah. Like you'd be like, dude, but the floor is like dirt. Like that's weird. So like we're in this process of like laying the foundation. If you know anything about like laying the foundation, it takes weeks for like your foundation to settle they have to keep smoothing it, adding more to it before they can start building up. So, like, we're in this foundational process of, of building. And so, um, some takeaways for me, um, I'll share my first and then you can share your first. Um, the first for me is Jesus is faithful to build his church. Mm-hmm. And I got to, and this is just me going to like be ultra transparent with you guys real quick, like very, very, very transparent. So I don't, I don't want people to get the wrong impression here, but when I left full-time ministry, there was this part of me and me and Becca have had this kind of conversation where I had almost kind of given up on the local church. Like I really didn't want to be a part of the local church. I, I was just... I was jaded. I, I didn't want it anymore. I was burned out to a degree. And going to the church we're a part of now, which has just been an amazing experience, rejuvenated me, gave me fresh like life and breath. But then launching something that is completely new, completely like this is what is on God's heart, um, during this building process, like God has just been showing me glimpses of like, it doesn't matter how you feel. <laughs> you weren't dependent. Like me as a person could be completely removed from the situation and God's still going to build his church. Yeah. Like he's still faithful 
and his heart is still the local church, no matter what form it takes on. You know, we have a preference for what we feel like the church should go in. Um, and like I said, if you want, you know, the deets on that, micro churches and whatnot, we're going to be releasing some stuff in the future where you can kind of get like ideas of what the direction we're moving in. But God like loves, and this is something that like, as I've been walking through this process, the Lord's been healing my heart of, of like, he loves the local church. Mm-hmm. And his heart is not for the local church, though in America right now, the local church in a lot of ways is weak. It's not really walking in what it's supposed to. Maybe they don't create the best disciples. Like God still loves it though. Mm-hmm. His heart is still for the local church. And what showed, you know, what really like encapsulated this on Saturday was we had people show up and I'm just like, you know, we weren't like our house wasn't just overflown with people. I think I think we counted ten. Mm-hmm. That showed up, which was amazing. I honestly did it. We just think. didn't have it. We didn't have expectations. No, there was we none. weren't like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a hundred or fifty or whatever, because we knew this was such a brand new idea, and and you know, we live in a city where people are jaded with us, and and so it it just is weird. It's just a weird season yeah. to launch something for us personally. Um, and so we just didn't know what to expect. And we were just praying that whether it was one person yeah. or 10 or whatever yeah. it would be, that God would move. And that's all that we cared about. And so Josh yeah. and I were thoroughly, thoroughly overwhelmed and just full of joy at those who attended. Yeah. Um, that felt, it felt perfect. It felt like what it was always supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing that like, I don't know. It it gave me a lot of life being able to see the people that came yeah. was like they were all hungry to build the church. Yeah. Like no one that came was just like apathetic and 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 there's people that came and like they just they wanted to kind of maybe hear and see what it was about. But what encouraged me at the end of the night, you know, we we put out connect cards just so we could, you know, cl- collect info. And we just asked people two basic questions. Hey, do you want more info? Like, you know, interest night was kind of cool. Do you want to maybe find out a little bit more info before you say, yeah, hey, I want to kind of jump on board and be a part. And then the second question was like, no, like I'm ready to be a part. And like every one of the connect cards, both boxes were checked. Mm-hmm. And so it just like gave me hope of like, okay, so we weren't crazy. <laughs> And wanting to launch yeah. something that <laughs> our so city's weird. never seen. Like, yeah. no, like they, they're hungry for something different. And um, yeah, God, Jesus is faithful to like build his church. Like, man, I, that, that idea and that phrase is just heavy on me right now because I just feel like we put so much like, I don't know, like power and like authority on us. Like as if we're the only thing that can build the church. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, you take every pastor in America out of the question, God's still going to build his church. Yeah. Because the church isn't a building. The church is people. Yeah. And just, like, another thing to, like, the local church, for for Josh and I specifically, um, we never, we A, never, like, wanted to be without a home church um, to call home. And we're definitely not one of those people that just, like, oh, we're offended and we're switching churches. Like, that's never been our heart. Um but for us in that season, it was time to switch churches. And that was okay because God released us yeah. 
Um, and it was like to a no like harm to anyone attending our previous church. It was just something that we needed to do for ourselves and we needed a little bit of a fresh start. Um, and we needed to be in a place where we could just be, um, without being these leader figures, um, in that specific place. We just need to be able to attend somewhere, um, and fill up. And so for us, that season was really, is, you know, really powerful. Um, and it has brought new life and brought, um, it's also brought fond memories of just, you know, even our past church of being like, man, you know, remember when we did that or remember when they were, you know, the church we attend now is, is a baby. It's it's just turned one a few months ago, which is amazing. Um, so to be like, uh, I don't know, just to see, where our old church was and and the success that they are now and see where this one is and the success that they are growing to be. Um, It's been a really, really cool journey just to be a part of that. And, and Josh and I believe that you, um, that God calls us to different seasons and calls us to different place. And we're not always meant to stay still and that's okay. Like that's biblical like it's biblical to move on when god calls you yeah and so for us he did and so it's cool to be in an opportunity where we're just loving on people and helping them grow like and so and then having this aspect of our ministry as well it's just been um it's just been a real treasure like it's been really cool to sit in that um to sit in the season and just like soak up all the things that god is teaching us and working through us and um yeah so i just wanted to share that and just that if you're hurt by the church if you're struggling um first of all you're not the only one um and that's okay um but it's not okay to stay hurt um it's not okay to reject people and the church um you, you got to walk into healing yeah. and it might take walking into different doors and feeling loved and yeah. appreciated and just allow God to love you um, because the local church is powerful um, and it's meant to change lives. Yeah. So with that, I'll share my first takeaway. Um, and that was watching people's purposes click. And so mm. I'll explain that a little deeper Um so one of the things that Josh and I are passionate about is micro churches. Um, and that's not like Josh and I aren't launching like our own church. And that's like what we're doing now. Um, we're still part of our church that, you know, we call home right now. But it's getting the people who join Katharos Network, it's getting them plugged in to their own purpose that God gave them. So they would whatever it is, something that they're passionate about, that God's given them, that God's blessed them with, a talent, treasure, whatever it might be. Yeah. And helping them feel empowered enough to lead, essentially, a church Yeah. Um, that's focused on that specific calling that God's given them. Now, that doesn't mean that they would never attend another church. They they're, can totally attend whatever yeah. local body they want to attend. Um, and it also, but that also means that the people that are attending their specific micro church, they may never walk into a local church. Like yeah. that may be yeah. where they call church, and that's okay too. And so it's just a really, um, really interesting way of thinking and 
getting people plugged in to not living under only one person's calling for yeah. their whole life. Oh, it's that's good. Really tapping into what has God called me to specifically like what's that calling? What's that purpose that he's given me specifically? And how can I begin to live that out? Um, so it's very missional oriented. Yeah. And so um, just really cool. Like when we were talking to see people kind of perk up and it was like, um, it's like when you see those cartoons and there's like an animated light bulb yeah. and it like just turns on when it, like something clicks. And so to watch people's faces just click. Yeah. Um, that are like, oh my gosh, this is something I've always wanted to do. And I never knew how to like make it work where I could, you know, it could be an outreach or whatever. And so to watch them be able to like understand that they could mesh both those things um, and that those two things can coexist was, it was just really incredible. Like such a yeah. cool moment because that's Josh and I experienced that months ago. We were like, whoa, like I never thought that we could do this because. Yeah we tend to box God in and tell him what he kind of can't do with his church. And so to bring this idea of like, no, there's so much more and we serve a creative God and we serve a God who is more than capable of ministering to people in many different ways and not just the church and that we're called to actually go out and find these people and not just expect them to come to church with us. Um, so just really, really cool moment to watch people just click. Yeah. The thing that like to kind of build on that and then I'll get to the second one. But um, I, when we were talking about just like the idea of like how micro churches operate and we didn't even get like into like super depth on it. We were just kind of giving the basic rundown. Like you're right. I looked out and like I saw people. It was like. I can't explain it. It was like they had been playing in this one box their mm-hmm. entire life. And then they realized like, oh, wow. So like more. there's a whole like giant room outside of this box and it's limitless. And yeah. I think like that's where a lot of people in the American church, this is something that is misconception. It's like, oh, well, that that building is my church. And it's like, no, no, no. Like where you go, you bring the church with you. Yes. Like you, you are the living embodiment. Um, you know, in the scriptures would call it like the priesthood of all believers. Like this is what we're supposed to do. Like we bring the church with us wherever we walk and wherever we go. And so yeah. micro churches are a living testament of that, that they're very missional. And I think giving people like this idea of like, listen, you don't have to be this crazy foreign missionary who goes into the jungles of you know Peru and goes to an unchurched people group who have never heard anything about the gospel. Like that's awesome. But maybe you're called just to reach like your office of five people. Yeah. And that's your micro church. And so helping people understand like mission is not like this ginormous thing that, you know, I, I, this kind of like maybe will help you understand it. I used to think mission was um, like the the preachers that would go over into like Africa and they would preach to thousands. You'd see these seas of thousands of people and they're all coming to know Jesus or, you know, the missionaries that go, you know, uh, into Honduras and, and stuff like that. And that's what my idea of missions was. And then slowly but surely God's re- 
define that and he's kind of um, brought it down to where this idea of like, no, mission is what is your heart break for? Someone mm-hmm. I was listening to the other day said this and it, and it just like this even clicked further when it came to people's uniqueness is the thing that has most broken you is oftentimes going to be the thing that God leads you to be missional in. Mm. So the the greatest area of pain in your life is often going to be the biggest area of breakthrough for people that you're leading. That's good. And I think missional, you know, micro churches, that's the whole heartbeat is like, what are you broken over? Um, and so that kind of leads me into my next point, which uh, for me, this is my second takeaway is I really do like really, really like hundred percent believe this people are desiring something new. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet again, I remember like just watching people's faces and the expressions and there's like these two younger guys that had come and they're, they're just like really cool. I can't wait to get to know them more, but (laughs) they, they, um, they're over there like shouting us down and we're just like casting basic vision. They're like, that's so good. Yeah. But um, what the Lord had showed me is like, this generation is tired of like sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. Like they, they want to get involved. They want to get in the game. And oftentimes I think like the American big box church doesn't really give them a lot of options to play. Hmm. You know, you've got your, all right, we'll come to, you know, summer camp, come to this conference, maybe come to this foreign mission trip. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's all those things are life giving. I think they should happen. But I also think with those things, you should be able to show them avenues in which they can use their gifting. And so, I, you know, the the one kid's mom um, who came, she texted me later um, and was just like, hey, you know, my son who came and his friend, they loved it so much. She's like sent me a picture of them, like and all their notes they had like jotted down, which I'm just like props to them. Like they're like 17 year olds over here taking really good notes. Um, and like they had plenty of other places they could be like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like it's just, I don't know, it just shows me like this generation's hungry for God. And they ended up going down to like our downtown and just like playing worship together. And I was just like, that's just so cool because they didn't have to get approval from like some pastor. They didn't have to like, well, I don't know. Should you go do that? They just like felt the Holy Spirit lead them to do it. And they went. Yeah. And that's like people are desiring that in their walk with God. Like they they don't want to just be put in this box of this is the only way to do church. They want to say, listen, like I want to have this unique expression. Maybe you're maybe you're super gifted at like quilting and you make killer quilts and you never really thought like, man, God can actually use that to bring people around me who maybe don't know the gospel, but they would totally sit down and do a quilt with me, and then I can share the gospel. Yeah, Like that, God is a super creative God, and that's something that we're learning as we launch this, is yeah. like stop putting God into like this small little finite box. Like he is very creative, very large, very extraordinary, and I don't know. It's, people are hungry for something new. Yeah. Yeah, and um, my second one was just meeting new people. Um, That part's been really exciting to just have people ask. I had so many people after launch night um, 
message me or when they saw me, um, they were just like, Hey, you know, I saw the, I saw on social media, like somewhere or whatever that you were doing a launch night. Like, how did it go? Um, and so just getting to like share with people, um, that and then them getting excited and want to come, you know, to our second interest night that we'll have in June. Um, and just like having people here, like I said, there were some people that like, we didn't even know who came, um, but they saw us on a post somewhere. And so they decided to come and, it was just really such an incredible just time of getting to know people and um, what better way than to share the love of God with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my last, this is my last takeaway. Um, and, and this sounds like funny cause I, I think I knew this, but I didn't know it is launching a ministry is way harder mm. than I ever thought. I think launching a ministry that is so brand new to not only yeah. the city, but to us. Yeah. Um, not to say that obviously, like if we were going to do a church plant, that it would not be insanely hard, but there's a lot of things that we had really solid knowledge of that we, that could have been easier. Yeah. Not easy. Still very hard. Yeah. But there, there were other routes that we could have taken if we wanted that would have been easier because we would have been, we would have felt more equipped this has been a whole process of deconstructing everything that we have ever known or learned and have had to rebuild it and have had to think of new, new ways and has like had to constantly check our heart and constantly check our thoughts and say like, okay, is this just what I'm thinking or is this what God is saying? Um, And so I think that like, I, I just wanted to hit on that. I think that's what you mean is like, it has been way harder than we ever thought because there's a lot of things we just yeah you know, well and know. I think a factor that a lot of um, pastors who are like going to go launch a church now this isn't everyone but a lot of them um, they don't have like a marketplace job like they mm-hmm. put like everything into that church launch and that's what they do full time which is a job in its of itself um, for us like we didn't feel called to leave like our marketplace profession like we really love our jobs. We feel like God's called us there. So trying to balance like, uh, you know, having pretty like high up jobs that, you know, the corporation we're part of and then trying to launch this nonprofit, you know, it's it's been a lot of long nights. Um, some like, oh, I just don't think I can do this. Like I remember leading up to launch week, like and the inner <laughs> and being parents. Sorry. Yeah. Um like the, this thought of just like, I just, man, I don't know if I can do this. Like God, maybe, maybe we'll just put this on pause for a while. And I just remember God, like he, he almost like I could have put it on pause. And I think like he, he still would have loved me. He still would have been for me. But then like, he kind of asked the question of, well, like, what's that really going to do? Like, you're yeah. just not you putting it on pause Number one is not fulfilling the mandate that's on your life. But then secondly, think about all the missed opportunities and all the things that like you've put into this leading up to it that would have been for nothing. And so I just think like, yeah, it's hard. And there's days that just like are overwhelming and like, what do I do? And yet again, like Becca said, like launching something from scratch is so difficult in and of itself, but then launching something from scratch where you don't have the recipe, really. I mean, we have like, luckily, there's been a couple really awesome ministries that have laid the foundation for micro churches, 
but microchurches and it's in and of itself is still a very new concept. Really, there's only like a couple networks around the U.S. that are even remotely doing this. And for us, like we've incorporated some ideas and concepts that even those networks aren't doing. So it's like we have a recipe that's brand new, which is awesome. It's cool to be the first at something. Mm -hmm. But then it's also very scary because it's like, oh, this is so hard. And um, I don't know, it's gaining resilience. And now like we talked, you know, I I, I did an episode, you know, telling you guys just about God's calling me to like climb a mountain and understanding what that means. And like, I've been preparing, like doing hiking and stuff like that. And now I think I understand why God was leading me in that direction, because in order to get to the mountain, you have to develop resilience to be able to walk up the mountain because it's tough. And that's where we're at in this early phase of our ministry is there's some tough obstacles to kind of move around. And and God's just like, Hey, I'm right behind you. I've got you. Keep walking. Mm-hmm. What about you? Number three. Yeah. So my number three, um, it's walking in the promise that God gave me 14 years ago. So when I was in seventh grade, um, I went to a summer camp and I felt the Lord call me to missions. And I was like, I mean, I, my whole high school, my middle school, all those years, I prepared and like really, truly prepared to, to go overseas. And, um, I had done summer camps. I had went to, um, I had done a, a missions course for a year, um, up in Georgia. Um, I plan to, when I come home, when I came home, I plan to move overseas or do something going overseas and being there full time doing ministry. Um, and then I kind of came home and that didn't happen. Um, I came home and I met Josh and we fell in love and got married and, you know, had a kid and all this stuff. And there would still be parts of me that was like, God, I don't, I don't understand. I know you gave me this call and I know you didn't just, I know that it was just a feeling. I know you gave it to me. And, um, there've been a lot of days where I've struggled with wrestling with like, did I give up my calling? Mm. Um, did I just, did I miss it? Like what, what happened? Did I jump too fast? Should I not gotten married when I did? Like, you know, those moments though, I don't regret any of it, but I was just like, God, was I hearing you clearly? And I always felt rest assured that I had heard God clearly and, um, but it was a really humbling experience on Saturday when Josh and I were just praying and getting ready for people to come over. Um, it was like a moment. It was just a wave that hit me. Um, and I just began to like burst into tears because we had been saying that Catharos was like a missional sort of thing. Um, we'd been saying it for weeks. Yeah. But not only until that moment did it hit me that God was calling me to be a missionary in my city through Catharos Network that he had launched through us. Yeah. Um, and that was just like such an intense moment of just like God's faithfulness um, that 14 years later to that little seventh grade girl that he said, I'm yeah. calling you to missions, that he is fulfilling that in this moment. Um, that we're walking wow. through right now. And so it just was like, oh, wow, <laughs> holy cow moment. Um, so for those moments when you feel like God's not listening or you feel like you missed you missed the calling or you missed something, 
um, the signal that you feel like God gave you, um, God's timing is always perfect. Yeah. And so it might be a year later. It may be maybe 14 years later. Um, but if God promised you something, his word will come to pass because he's just not a God who lies. And so um, that was something that was really, really impactful for me. But that yeah. was my last one. That was good. Yeah. Um, I just think it's there's so many cool things. And and like we said at the start, we wanted to give you guys a, a kind of glimpse into the behind the scenes, our thought process and leading up to launching a nonprofit and um, I'm sure we'll in later, you know, episodes we'll we'll talk a little bit more in depth about Catharos and some of the aspects of it. But thank you guys so much for joining us around the table this week, and uh, we can't wait to spend another Friday with you next week. We will see you then. Love you guys. See you.